Women Taking the Lead, episode 190. I mean, the phrase that I think of all the time is you never know until you try. And I never know until I try. So I do try different types of episodes and I do try different methods of doing my notes or whatever. I always will try something once and I'm, it's okay if I fail, but you'll never know if you could have found something better if you don't try. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentakingthelead.com to join the community and get the resources to support you on your leadership journey. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Your website tells a story about your business. At Zebra Love Web Solutions, Millie and her team are going to make sure your website tells the story you want your customers to hear. Connect with Millie at ZebraLoveWebSolutions.com to create the impression you want to make. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Jennifer Briney, who is the host of Congressional Dish, a twice-monthly podcast exposing the secrets drowned out by the partisan noise in the United States Congress. By interpreting legislation, summarizing congressional hearings, and following the money, Jennifer Brenny analyzes the actions of Congress that are generally ignored by the corporate media, delivering the information from the perspective of a fed-up taxpayer who bears no allegiance to any political party or ideology. Jennifer, love that you're here today. Love that you're bringing this perspective and this topic to women taking the lead. But of course, we know that is just scratching the surface of who you are. So if you could, tell us a little bit more about you and your own humble beginnings. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me today. And um, yeah, you know, I was really someone who was lost for a really, really long time. Um, I got a degree in communications and I knew I liked researching things, but I didn't know how to turn that into a career. And so honestly, for most of my 20s, I was just doing whatever I could to pay the rent. So I've waited a lot of tables um, I sent people up to timeshare presentations on Waikiki Beach for a few years. Uh, I worked at people's weddings doing the photo booth. Um, but yeah, it was just all about making the rent. And it wasn't until I had this idea, I, I saw that there was really no one talking about Congress. And over the years, I realized that that's really where our power is. And then I was watching C-SPAN one day just because I'm a nerd. And I saw a congressman slip something into a funding bill that protected secret campaign contributions. And I said to myself, like, that can't be real. And so I looked into the congressional record and it was exactly what I thought it was. And then the most shocking part to me is when I went to I first checked on the television networks to see, you know, is this the top story? Because in my mind, it should be. And no one even touched it. And then I couldn't even find a blog or an article about it. It was almost like it never even happened, although there it was for me in black and white. So that's when I had this idea that this is something that people should be paying attention to. I don't know where to find this information. So this is a hole that I could fill that I think has value. And so that's kind of how um, the podcast began and how I kind of found my my own purpose. I just had an idea and ran with it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, your story is following a trend of the last few guests we've had where, you know, people have taken this windy road. They're not really sure what they're going to end up doing. So they try out a bunch of different things and everything helps and leads to the next stepping stone until one day you hit on, aha, this is what I'm meant to be doing. This is, you know, what I want to bring to the world. And Lord knows this will probably be a stepping stone to the next great thing you have going along. But like I said before, 
before we started the interview, I'm really glad there are women like you out there giving their perspective on what's happening in Congress and letting us know, because like I said to you, I'm not a big fan of drama and sensationalisms. I, I do like to just hear the facts. And so I really appreciate that you do that, Jennifer. Oh, well, thank you very much. Yeah, I, that's one of the reasons I started it, too, is that I felt like I was being deceived um, by the mainstream media. I and mean, I still do. You know, I don't really watch cable anymore because I I just find that when I'm reading the actual documents and then I watch the news, it's like two completely different universes. So I actually feel more informed now that I've turned off all of the the debates and the screaming matches and all that. And just looking at the documents, I just feel like I have a better idea of what's going on. And what's fascinating is that C-SPAN, it's all on C-SPAN. You know, I'm doing this from California. I don't have to be in DC. So it's available to all these journalists. They're just not using it. So I figured I'd use that that to my advantage and do something that, that people might enjoy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I imagine, you know, when you first started, you were kind of dipping your toes in the water. But, you know, regardless, what I'm hearing in your voice right now is self-assurance, confidence, like you're feeling really good about what you're doing, what you're providing and where you're going in the world. But I always love to start off um, these conversations with, you know, something we can all relate to is those, those moments of the playing small moments, right? And it comes from the Marianne Williamson quote, um, those moments when we're just not present to how capable we are and how competent and how powerful. And so we hold ourselves back. We limit ourselves unconsciously, really. And mostly it's later when we're looking back in retrospect that we see clearly like, oh my gosh, I could have done so much more. I could have really gone for things you know, and it's really tragic, but there's something to be learned from those moments and those times. So Jennifer, if you could share with us a story of one of your playing small moments and the lessons you've learned from it. Well, I think I, I had it more than a moment. I had about six months where I had this idea and I didn't run with it. Um, and one of the main reasons was this was early 2012 and podcasting had been around for a few years, but there were very few people that were making a living from it. And I was still, when I would tell people the idea, I would get, well, first of all, what's a podcast, which is the question I still get sometimes, but not as often. But back then it happened all the time. And then the second question was always, well, how would you make money from that? And why do you think people want to listen to something about Congress? And so the idea was getting shot down so often by the doubters in my life that it really planted a seed in my own mind that like, maybe this is crazy. I mean, there's no one making a full-time living from podcasting and I'm struggling with money as it is. Like, am I insane? And so, um, I just didn't, I didn't follow through with it. And I was working at the photo booth company, which was paying the rent. It was fine. And then my dad in July of 2012, he had a really, really nasty heart attack um, he had the heart attack on his bathroom floor, but he had already called 911. And so when he flatlined, the, the paramedics were standing right over him and they were able to bring him back. But the shock that they used was so strong that it blew out both of his shoulders. So, um, yeah, so they got him into the ambulance. He, he basically died five more times on the way to the hospital, but he did survive. And so after that he had to deal with, you know, coming back from a heart attack is not always the easiest thing, but he also had to have a double shoulder replacement surgery. So we were basically all living in New Slay Medical Center for about 17 days. And then when he came back home, I moved home for basically a month just to be with him. I mean, we had care, but he just wanted his, his kid there. So I was like, all right. 
so I moved back and, and he's all hopped up on drugs and, <laughs> and it made him very, um, it made him very introspective about the choices he made in his life. And he had been an accountant. He had made a lot of money, but he always wanted to be a marine biologist. And so we had that, you know, what would you have done different conversation? And that's when he looked at me and just went, what are you doing with your life? Like, what do you want to do? Screw the money. And that's when I told him the idea. And he asked all those questions. What's a podcast? Why do you think people care about Congress and how you can make money? And I just said, Dad, I don't know. But I feel like I can. And he's like, all right, I don't get it. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. He's like, I think you should run with this and I'll help you in any way I can. And so we've had meetings every Thursday for what, four years and a half years now. Um, so he's helping me with the business side of it. And he has supported me in every way. And he he didn't get the vision for a long time. But that gave me the courage that I needed to be like, okay, someone in addition to myself also thinks this is a good idea and I might as well try. And so that really changed that self-doubt moment where I was like, you know what, maybe it's a crazy idea, but if I don't try it, if I don't do my own marine biology, I might be regretting it in my 60s. So I might as well go for it. If it doesn't work out, I can always wait tables, you know? So um, that's kind of how I overcame that. It was a dramatic way to do it. Yeah. What a great story. What a great dad to be so supportive. Dads are so great. And you know what I, you know, really want to point out is because sometimes it looks like that. It's somebody else, you know, who says to us, why are you not doing it? Why couldn't you do it? Why don't you step up? You know, do you see what you're capable of? Or they point out what we're really good at. And it's seeing ourselves through other people's eyes that gives us the motivation and the belief in ourselves that we can make something happen. And so whenever I get to this point, when somebody points that out, I'm like, let's be that for other people. Like, let's do more of that. We can be that for other people. But I mean, I would love to say that I was that person that just had it within myself. I wasn't. I needed someone that I trusted to tell me that, yeah, you can probably do this or at least it's worth a shot. And so the other thing you can do is make a list of the people in your life and find the person you think is most likely to give you that Mm -hmm. and have that conversation with them. Try and seek it out in your own life because I need I need reassurance. It's just something that I need. And so um. I, it was the right person and the right time in his life. There might have been a different time where the advice would have been different, but um, it all worked out the way it did. So it was great. And there's nothing wrong with getting, you know, that assurance from somebody else. I mean, it's a part of the hero's journey. If anyone's familiar with Joseph Campbell and his works, he talked about the hero's journey. And a part of the hero's journey is having guides and mentors. I yeah. mean, that's important to have. And there's nothing wrong with seeking it out and having somebody in your life who boosts you up. You know, not that they're lying to you. You know, you don't want somebody to sell you down the river, but a trusted person who would be honest with you, but who would also encourage you, you know, if if they really believed in it. And that's amazing. And Jennifer, if you could share with us another story, this time it's the wake up call. It's either a flashbulb lightning aha moment, or it's that slow dawning, that slow awakening of the universe sending us a lot of messages. But in either case, there's a moment where you're ready to take action. So if you could share with us what led up to that moment and the steps you took that led to your success. Well, really, I've kind of already told you it was when I looked in the congressional record and saw that there was information in there that was important that wasn't getting out. That was one of them. Dad's heart attack was another one. And um, and that's really where I said, like, OK, I'm going to do this. And where I had a month after that to really sit around and watch my dad sleep, um, what I decided to do was download about 30 episodes of Daniel J. Lewis's Audacity to podcast. And that's a podcast about podcasting. 
And so I looked at the ones that were most relevant to me. I downloaded them and I took notes like he was my college professor, you know, Mm -hmm. and then I looked at my notebook and I did what he said. And let's see, dad, dad, I think I went home in September of 2012 and I had the podcast launched by October. I mean, it was really, really fast. Um, so that's one of the things that also, once I had that inspiration and I had the time to do it, I didn't wait, you know, and my first few episodes are embarrassing, but I just started. And, um, and that's really, I wish I had another story for you. <laughs> but really, like that was the moment that was the thing where I was like, okay, I have this idea. I've, it's been kicking around for a while. It's go time. Like there's no reason for me to wait because obviously I could be in my bathroom and be dead. Like, mm-hmm anytime. So what, what am I screwing around for? So that's, um, yeah, that's how it started. And I just kept doing it for years. Yeah. And what I really like about your story too, is, you know, sometimes it looks like that. It's like the seeds get planted, like one thing after another leads us, gets us a little more excited, a little more motivated. And then we have to take action. Like there was a moment where you just had to be like, I, I need to stop taking notes. I need to stop planning this. I need to get it out there. And you know, what? I love Jennifer that you said my first few episodes are embarrassing because I, <laughs> I believe it's the CEO of Amazon who's out there quoted. I'm just going to paraphrase it where he said, if you're not embarrassed by the first version of your product, you waited too long. Mm. You yeah, know, that's a really good point. Mm-hmm. It, you know, if we wait for perfection, if we wait for a guarantee that nobody's going to critique us or criticize us, we'd never get anything done. There has to be a point where you just have to buck up, get get your skin a little bit thicker <laughs> and just put it yeah. out there. I, I've gone back and listened to my first few episodes and I'm, I cringe a little bit, too, because it's so stiff and methodical. But if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't have gotten more comfortable. There always has to be a starting point, a place where you have to be willing to not look that good. Oh, exactly. And I've learned so much since then. And it's because I went back and listened to those old episodes. And I was actually listening to an old one not too long ago. And I was standing on the street going, oh, my God, I actually said it out loud because I was so embarrassed by the things that came out of my mouth. But every time that happens, I learn, okay, don't do that again. Or here's a moment that was good in that episode. And so it's like, without doing those old episodes and having those to go back to, what am I building my foundation on? Like there has to be something that you start with or else you're not going to get any better. And so, um, because I did have a choice. There are a lot of people that I've talked to that want to be podcasters that have a bunch of episodes they're just sitting on. And I'm like, why aren't you putting those out there? That's how you're going to get the feedback. It's how you're going to learn what people like and what they don't. If you're just listening to it yourself, um, you're missing out on all of these learning opportunities. So yeah, I'm glad I did the way I did, even though <laughs> people keep listening to those. And I'm like, just <laughs> don't. <laughs> They're out there. They're there for history. You'll be able to like, you'll be roasted someday on those episodes. <laughs> That's right. awesome. And you know, Jennifer, you are on a podcast that is all about leadership. And one of the things I'm I'm constantly trying to convey to the women who are listening in is that there is no one way to lead, right? We all have a different style of leadership and and that's great because we all bring something different to the table. So Jennifer, how would you describe your leadership style? Well, my style is definitely hands-off. My goal is to hire professionals that are good at what they do and that I can trust that they're just going to get it done and they don't need to be micromanaged. And I actually learned this the hard way. Um, I have one person who's been working with me now for a while and it's going great. And he does the audio editing for um, my show. 
And then I also, I needed an assistant. And so I, I ended up hiring a friend's sister because she was down on our luck and she was into my podcast. She really liked it. She wanted to be involved and I hired her and she's a lovely person and I really like her, but she needed to be micromanaged. She needed to be trained. She needed to be communicated with all the time. And, um, it really crashed and burned and so much of it was my fault. So much of it. And I think it's just because I didn't have the awareness of my own leadership style, which is where I really need to find someone who's already professional, who's already trained. And even if it costs me more money, it's going to be better for my company. And so um, I'm doing great with the audio editing because it, what I've also learned is that I like hiring people that own their own companies. I don't want employees if I can avoid it, because that way their reputation is it's riding on them satisfying me as a customer. So, you know, one of the things that works out so well with my audio editor is that he wants a good review. He wants me to tell other podcasters like he's the best. So hire him. And um, so that's a lesson that I've learned, too. Now that I'm finding a new assistant is I'm hiring someone who owns a virtual assistant company and who owns a podcast marketing company. And I'm trying to um, give them business and have more of a co-equal relationship as opposed to me being the boss and them just taking orders from me because I've learned that. I don't, I just don't care how they do it day to day. I'm busy enough and, um, I just want to trust that they get their job done and I I'm so hands off and that's, I don't see that changing. Yeah. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. It's actually very empowering to be that self-aware as a leader to, so that you never put yourself in that position again, where you would have to handhold and do intensive training with somebody you already know as a leader, that's not your style. That's not what you want to be doing. And so being mindful of who to hire will be good for you and good for them. Yeah, it's it was a tough lesson to learn because I feel like I've been trying to outsource some things in my business now for a year and I lost I lost like eight months to that. And I'm now I'm training people again. So I feel like I've been spinning my wheels now for a long time. But like you said, I have two choices here. I can either pout about that last year or look at it as an amazing learning experience mm -hmm. because now I'm aware of what I need. And so as this because people aren't going to stay on my team forever. And so, you know, when I do make these mistakes, I think it's important to just say like, okay, I learned a lesson here. And as long as I don't forget the lesson I learned, it's going to be okay that I am not exactly where I want to be just yet. I will get there because I needed to learn that lesson. Absolutely. So Mm -hmm. that's what I'm trying really hard to internalize. Right <laughs> Keep learning the lessons. I know sometimes we get things conceptually, but we really have to like, it has to sink into our bones, you yeah. know, for us to really take action on it. So yeah. Cool. And that's not to say I didn't have like the crying fit of like, Oh my God, I have to do all this again. Like that definitely comes, but big picture. Um, the lessons are just as important as the successes. Amen. And Jennifer, what is one thing that you're working on right now that you're really excited about and want to share with us? Well, I mean, really the podcast is the only thing that I have time for. And, um, the thing I'm most excited about is this new opportunity I have to outsource some of my, my, um, my busy work, which is what I call it because there's through this whole entrepreneurial journey. I mean, you asked me today, like, who do I give the, the episode to when it's released? And I'm like, oh, me, <laughs> I'm the only one. And I'm not the best person to be doing the social media stuff. Um, definitely not the website maintenance, the show notes. I'm, I don't care about formatting. And so it's not very good. And so I'm really excited to be able to have people on my team where this is what they specialize in, you know? So I think it's just going to elevate my whole um, business, but even more importantly, the experience for the congressional digital listeners, because 
one of the important things that I do is I don't expect anyone to trust me. And so I take a lot of time to make very detailed show notes so that like if I outline a bill, I don't only link to the bill, but I link to the provisions inside of it because the one I'm working on right now is over a thousand pages. So linking to the bill is completely useless to you. And so I just know that there's a better way to organize that for the people who are using it than what I'm doing with my limited knowledge of how like WordPress works and all of that. So I'm super excited to get this stuff off of, of my plate once and for all. And I think in the next couple of months, I think by March, I'll be good to go. And then I might be able to produce more episodes once I have that time back. So I'm, I'm excited that the two people I'm working with now it's promising and, um, yeah, I want to produce more for my listeners, especially in the Trump administration with the Republican Congress. I mean, there's going to be so much information. So, yeah, I get ready. Like <laughs> yeah, it's going to be intense. That's for sure. Which is probably what we're segueing right into, because the next thing I wanted to ask you was, Jennifer, what is the biggest leadership or business challenge you're faced with right now? Uh, it's definitely the fact that things are going to be changing dramatically for me because I started this in the middle of Obama's term. So I started this at the, the last part of 2012. He had just gotten reelected. And the entire time I've been doing it, the Republicans have had the House of Representatives and the president has had has been a Democrat. And so in the Senate flipped in, in between. But there's always been divided government. So that's what I'm used to. What's coming for me on January 20th is it's like a return to the early Bush years where we do have one party, a party that is quite devoted to corporate interests, taking over the entire government. And so I've been looking now for years at bills that aren't moving anywhere, and now those are going to get signed into law. And so I think I'm going to have to really switch how I attack this because I need to be watching the things that become law and it's going to happen very, very quickly. These, this next year is going to be based on what I know about the Congress is a Congress is two years long. And so what they do is they work really hard passing laws when we're not paying attention in the year after the election. And then when it's their election year, so like 2018, the legislating really slows down. It gets more responsible. <laughs> it gets more, um, you know, there's a lot less corporate favors that are very obvious. All the, the really scandalous stuff happens in the first year. So this next year, I really need to buckle down and be paying attention to everything. Um, I'm going to stop marketing because I don't have time. Um, and I'm just going to really focus on making sure that we understand what becomes law so that we can either undo it or at least know why things are getting more expensive and why things are the way they are. So um, I'm definitely intimidated by the workload ahead of me. But like I said, I'm building my foundation and I'm building my team right now. And I think the timing's going to work out so that I'll be ready to go in March. Um, and that's really when Congress gets going too. for the first few months, they do a lot of confirmation hearings and, and stuff like that. So um, yeah, but that's a huge challenge. It's going to be very different from what I'm used to. Yeah, it's going to you're going to have to run to keep up with everything. Yeah, <laughs> which yeah. is which is great that you're you're outsourcing and, and letting off some of the load of the work that you're doing that you're getting bogged down. in. so now you can actually focus on, you know, the service that you want to provide, which is getting information out to people who aren't getting the information from the traditional media. And Jennifer, my next question was all about the people you have around you that support you and make it possible for you to do what you do. You've kind of, you know, given us a window into your world already and what you're planning. But, you know, even if you don't have your team filled out, maybe you can even describe a, a dream team that you're creating in the next year or so so that you will be able to keep up with the work that you plan on doing. 
Well, I actually do have a team. Um, the number one co-partner in all this is my husband, Joe. Um, when we started the podcast, we said for one year, I wasn't going to worry about money at all, which gave me the opportunity to see if I liked podcasting and to see if people actually did care about Congress. And so when we saw that the interest was there and that I enjoyed doing it, then we started worrying about about money. But obviously, if I wasn't bringing anything in, it was all on him. So um, the podcast literally would not exist without him. And then he's also lent hands in so many different ways, picking up the mail and watching Congress when I need him to. And um, he's such a good sport. And then, of course, there's my dad, my business manager. There's also Daryl Darnell, who's um, he owns Pro Podcast Solutions, and he does all my audio editing. And I could not be happier with with his company. Um, then I have Brian who owns only child imaginations and he's not even, he's just a listener who contacted me and said, Hey, your artwork for your episodes isn't very good. How about I do it for you? So he's a volunteer and, um, I adore him. And so he's done a really great job. And then I'm also in the process of hiring two other people, but then the other there's a, there's a giant group of people, so many of them, I don't even know their names, that are supporting the podcast by, um, first of all, my podcast is listener supported. So I do have a few hundred people that contribute regularly to the podcast and keep it financed. And so they're a very important member of my team. And then there's also people who are sharing the podcast and talking about it on Facebook and posting it and Reddit and doing all of this marketing for me. Because really, up until about six months ago, I hadn't done any marketing at all. And yet it's already one of the top 5% um, of podcasts in iTunes. So I'm super excited that that the listeners are a part of the team. And then they're so important. And they're they're lending a hand. And um, I couldn't, obviously, I couldn't do this without them. Without them, there would be no show. So I already have an amazing team. I have the dream team. Nice. We're just trying to figure out how to work together. <laughs> I love it. And that's a huge dream team you got going there. I love how you captured that. And, <laughs> and Jennifer, now I'm going to do a quick leadership roundup. So tell us, what is one practice you have that helps to make you a better leader? I think it's just trusting the people that I have working for me and giving them a chance. Um, you know, I, if it doesn't work out, I have learned that I have to let people go, but really it's, I've had one bad experience and most of the time these people are wonderful and they do exactly what they say they're going to do and they do it on time. So I think trust is a really big one, knowing that I'm not good at micromanaging and I don't need to do it has been big. Nice. And what is one book that you would recommend to a woman to help her develop her leadership? You know what, Jody? I feel terrible about this. I don't have one. I've never read a leadership book in my life. So um, I, I don't have one. I'm always reading about like politics and global, like, what are we doing in the world? <laughs> like Those are the books. I've never read anything leadership wise. I'm so sorry. That's okay. You know, and just if it's not a book, where are there any sources like, you know, people you follow, people you admire, who do you look to, to kind of think about who you want to be? as a leader in the world, not just in your business, but just in your life? You know, it's, I don't consider myself a leader. I really don't. I just consider myself someone who's trying to serve my country without picking up a gun. I know that sounds so cheesy, but I'm not really trying to lead. I'm just trying to tell people this is what's going on. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, it's such a hard question for me because I'm really not copying anyone. It's the hardest part of what I'm doing is I'm just doing it. I, I'm not, there was no one that I was like, oh, I want to be this. Like, I don't really have anybody that I'm looking at and like saying, this is my goal. I'm kind of already where I want to be. Um, I'm just trying to get it to more people so that hopefully 
we vote different in the future, but really I'm doing exactly what I want and I'm, I'm not trying to do any more. Yeah. I love it. You know, and Jennifer, you are a leader. I mean, just the, the, your podcast, you're, you're leading, you know, and you're helping people. It's, it's servant leadership and there's nothing wrong with, you know, not having anyone in particular. I mean, I couldn't say that there's one person I see out in the world that I'm like, that's who I want to be. Like there are people I get inspired by and moved by yeah. when I see the work that they're doing, but I'm not trying to emulate them. And I think there's something to be said with just seeing what's needed out in the world and meeting that need, that's leadership. Yeah. And, and that's the thing too. There isn't one person, but there are so many people that in their own ways have helped me. So like Daniel J. Lewis and Dave Jackson and Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak and Joe Rogan. I mean, he inspired me to, to do this podcast because I enjoyed his so much. And so there's a lot of people that, and those are all guys, you know, I think about it, but, um, uh, Kara Santa Maria, she does a, a great podcast and she's a smarty pants. And so there's a lot of people that in their own ways have helped me and inspired me. Um, but there isn't one there's mm -hmm. a one person I can recommend. It's just in particular. I, yeah. 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 And I love that they're all podcasts too, you know, cause yeah. everyone, everyone has different media that they prefer. Some people want to hold a book in their hands. Some people want to listen to it. I personally love audiobooks. Um, so yeah, that's great. So the next thing I wanted to ask was what advice would you give your younger self? Um, I would give myself the advice not to stress so much about the fact that I hadn't figured it out right away. It was really tough for me when I graduated college to to look at my life and be like, wow, I have no idea what I want to do here. And I felt a lot of pressure from um, from my mom in particular because she's she's in the corporate world. She's the vice president of a company and she believes very strongly in like move up the ladder and that whole thing. And so I tried the corporate world thing and I really wanted to please her and I wanted health insurance. But it just wasn't for me. And so the amount of torture I put myself through emotionally in doing what was right for me and being like, you know what, this corporate thing isn't working for me. I'm going to go wait tables and it's OK, because that's the thing. It all turned out OK. I didn't have to be so upset about it. And um, so that's what I would tell myself that, like, I'll figure it out. Um, I just need to do it in my own way and it's going to be fine. And Jennifer, share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you. I mean, the phrase that I think of all the time is you never know until you try. And I think it all goes back to that conversation with my dad when he didn't try to, you know, become the most famous marine biologist or whatever. You know, he he did the safe thing. He never tried. And he'll always wonder what his life would have been like if he followed that dream. And and so that's why I tried this. And every time I, I think about doing a, a different kind of episode or throwing the, the podcast for a loop, I never know until I try. So I do try different types of episodes and I do try different methods of doing my notes or whatever. I always will try something once and I'm, it's okay if I fail, but I, you'll never know if you could have found something better if you don't try. So I use that one a lot. I like that one. And lastly, Jennifer, what is the best way for this community to connect with you? I'm really active on Twitter. That's my favorite. And my Twitter handle is at Jen Briney. Um, I love using it for sharing links and stuff, but then you can also obviously find me through the podcast. It's called congressional dish. And like I said, my show notes are super detailed. You can find those on congressionaldish.com. And then I also have free apps for iPhone and Android where you can not only get the podcast, but you can also get the show notes direct to your phone. So those are the best ways to, to contact me and to, to get my content. 
Nice. And for those of you listening, I know you're on the go. You know you can find all the links and resources Jennifer shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com. And Jennifer, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Oh, thank you. This was a lot of fun. Thank you for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. Are you ready to take the lead in your own life but need some support? Head over to womentakingthelead.com forward slash contact to introduce yourself. And to strengthen you on your leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining with me, and here's to your success.